Hello, this is the Unspoken Life of the Military Wife podcast. I'm your host, Allison. I'm a wife and mom of two little girls and two fur babies and a 20-year mill spouse veteran. So you know I have seen some things. This podcast is about creating connection and community while we navigate this crazy military life. Each week, I'll bring you practical tips and tactics, like how exactly do I pack out my house? What do I say to my kids when they're crying because daddy is gone again? And how do I make it through a deployment without losing my mind? And how the heck do I find and keep a job when we move every two to three years? We're gonna get into all the things. Look, I've seen and done a lot, but I don't have all the answers. So this isn't a look at me, I have it all figured out podcast. It's a come with me and we can figure it out together podcast. The military lifestyle is often very lonely and isolating. So let's build a community that moves with you wherever you go. Welcome to the unspoken life of the military wife. We are recording this episode actually in March, but this is going to be airing in April, which is the month of the military child. And as a military parent, I thought it would be really cool to have the perspective of a military kid who's an adult now, but who you were born into the military and then went all the way through, through, I mean, your dad just retired last year or the year before? I think it was, uh, I want to say it was 2020, October, 2020. Okay. So 2020. So your whole life has been military. I just thought it would be cool to have the perspective of a military kid that's now an adult and what that was like for you and the whole thing. So welcome Megan to the show. I'm so grateful for you to be here with us. And I, so I thought we would just start with your dad was the military member. What do you remember of his career? Like the places that you went, the big stuff. Yeah, no, I actually, I feel like I remember so much, but then every time I have a conversation with them, they're like, you don't remember half of it. No, no, I think <laughs> I do. I'm like, are you sure? Uh, so he's a Navy pilot. I think I remember not much about what his job entailed early on. I remember lots of squadron functions, Christmas parties in the hangar always stood out to me. The guys bringing out the giant industrial bubble wrap and all the six-year-olds stomping all around on it. So I have very vivid memories of just some specific random military parties that we would attend. I think that was also the unique perspective of squadrons and Navy. Navy aviation is a super tight knit community. So I always joke that I grew up with 12 dads, a detachment of dads who just, you know, you'd go to barbecues and your seven dads would be working at a grill and trying to make sure all the kids are fed and water slides and such like that. So it really was, um, kind of just being raised by a giant family. I think that's what stands out to me most. Um, And if you got lucky, maybe you'd move around and then there'd be people you knew as well on the same things, just because of how that, how their stations worked and their job entailed. But I remember specifically like when he wasn't flying, but he, when we were in Colorado, I'm like, there's no Navy station out here. Here are we here. I know. Not I know like we're Navy. People are like, wait, what? Navy? What is no, that? You're like, this is not the place for you. Yeah. Uh, but so I remember not really remembering what he did during those times uh-huh. when he wasn't flying. Cause it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, you're, I don't, I think you just sit at a desk all day. I'm <laughs> not confident what you do, but I definitely knew I think starting middle school was when I got a better grasp of it with, you know, anti-submarine warfare. And Mm -hmm. I knew what he did because he'd come home and talk about it. He'd talk about, oh, I flew over your school today, you know, and the training exercises. He was training people when he was the commanding officer and all so many stories of when he was a commanding officer have stuck in my brain more probably than they wanted me to hear. I think I listened a little too intently. Uh Um, And then when we moved up to Virginia, 
Pentagon tour. He then got his master's at the Naval War College and then kind of did manpower, trading, selling, stuff like that. So I, I feel like I remember a good bit. Yeah. How many different places do you remember living as a kid? I remember all the places. It's uh, so I started, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. Don't remember that part clearly. My first memory though, is in the second house that I lived in, in Annandale, Virginia. Mm -hmm. We went down to Norfolk. That's when he worked on the boat and was deployed most often. And then back to Florida, to Colorado, back to Florida, and then landed Northern Virginia and Fairfax. Okay. So I don't know how many times that is. It's like four different places that we just kept returning to Florida. Yeah, I got you. So you were born in Jack. So you were born in Jacksonville. So like, if you say where you're from, what do you, when people are like, Hey, where are you from? What do you say? (laughs) I usually make a face and go. And then, so I I usually, I just say like, I was a military brat and I go, Oh, so like, what would you say is home? I said, are you asking where I was born, what my favorite place was or where I lived the longest? Cause those are three different answers. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that goes now because people are like, Oh, where are you from? And I'm like, are, I'm like well, I mean, where did just you? come from. I know, like, where do I I know? Yeah, exactly. That's funny. So as you look back and reflect on your life as a military kid, cause we kind of talked about this a little bit ahead of time. So you have some time to ruminate and think about it. What do you, what the what were the biggest challenges for you as a military kid gosh when it comes down to listing my challenges I honestly can't even really think of too many because I mean like we were talking about before this it, it was kind of all I knew yeah uh, I didn't I didn't ever see it as a difficulty or a challenge because I didn't know any different yeah. I think probably especially returning to the same stations back to Florida a couple of times yeah. I would come back and be like, oh, well, I know these people. And it's like, oh, wait, but everyone's very different from three years ago because kids just develop so fast. Yeah. Personalities are changing, friend groups are changing. Right. So I'd come back when I came back from Colorado, I remember in Florida trying to reach out to some of the people that I was friends with. And then, of course, you got clicky middle school mean girls. And it was like, right. no, we don't really know you anymore. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I got to refigure out. Yeah. All that kind of thought I was coming into a situation where I knew people, but guess I don't. I, I think that really, though, is one of the only things that stands out. I know it was definitely difficult. I want to say specifically around holidays, it was difficult to be so far from family, but we were really fortunate that when we lived far away in Colorado, people just came to us because who didn't want to go to Colorado? So we were we were lucky there. And when we lived down in Florida, we would go drive up to the um, DMV area and just see everyone there. So it wasn't unfeasible. It just the distance definitely was there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I can feel that we, we did the big trip this year back to Maryland. And, and for me, you know, with COVID, it was the first time I'd been back to Maryland. I, I didn't go back at all the whole time we were stationed in Washington, which was three years. So it's, yeah, I definitely feel that for sure. But I think you're right. I think we're, we've been really lucky with our family as well that, you know, that they come out and visit and, and the girls are, the girls are still young and fun. So you got grandbabies. I know. I just don't want to come see them. They're so young and fun. So I'm curious how this is going to go down once they come to the teen angsty years. (laughs) Yeah. At that point, we were already in Virginia when I was probably the most angsty. So I was just dragged around anyway. (laughs) Yeah. All all other things. Okay, cool. Do you think if, are there any benefits to being a military kid or the way that you grew up? Oh, absolutely. I would say there are very few negatives. I just, I feel like it's shaped entirely who I am. I feel like I owe so much of everything about me to the military, my resiliency, my ability to adapt to scenarios, 
problem solving, planning. There are countless ways I feel like it's helped me throughout life. Even when things are difficult, I always have seen my family push through those kinds of problems and how they did it. And I'm always very able to focus on the light at the end of the tunnel scenario that I know there's a way out of these scenarios. I know how to fix it. I have the skill set to do that. So I think it's certainly prepared me for pretty much everything. When you say that skill set, what is that? Like just being resilient and and able to kind of change and flex to different situations, just mental resiliency? Yeah, mental, yeah. Resiliency and adaptability, I would say probably are the two strongest points there. For instance, when I graduated high school, I certainly was taking a lot of twists and turns as to where I wanted to be. And there was a period where I didn't know if I was going to go back to college after my freshman year. And I remember just like sitting, making a game plan, looking at like, well, what do I want to do in life? Mm -hmm. Everything involves a degree. Guess I'll just push through three more years. And if I'm miserable, I'm miserable. But afterwards, I will have a degree and I can move on with my life. And it was just very like, I ended up not being miserable. And it was a great time. But but my plan very much was end game goal focused. And I was able to kind of just set up help where I needed it in order to get me to that goal. I had to go to college in my mind. It was going to happen. Um, So I could transfer, I could stay and just tough it out. But it was, I was going to continue to go to college because there was no reason not to, if I knew that was the goal at the end of the time, at the end of my four years. Right. So that's interesting because that's the the military lifestyle is in like two to three year stints, typically yeah. some are more, right? So it's like, how I saw years. It. like, I've been, you know, I've been in, I don't like this house or I don't like this, or I don't like this particular little thing, but it's okay. Cause it's going to change in a few years. So you kind of get that built in. Right. So, yeah, it's like, and I think that's kind of how it was. It's like, it's basically just a deployment, like a PCS, you know, you're just there for a certain amount of time yeah. and then you do something else, but you yeah. got to do this first. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That makes me so happy. I don't know how other military spouses are going to feel. I hope that they'll feel the same way, but that you, there aren't any downsides for you. I love that. I really don't see any downsides. I was like, I would love to join the military. Unfortunately, I can't, but like, I just, I didn't see any downsides. I also, I would say maybe, I think my mom and dad made it look way too easy. I think they didn't show enough of the hardships I would Yes, pretty simple. I was like, I don't, we pack up and we move. And my mom was like, that's because I didn't let you see anything that wasn't, she's like, I was tough. I had to be, you know, she's like, I did it all. And I was like, I don't know, it's fine. We just like packed a suitcase and we went to a new place and then we lived there and I unpacked my boxes and then somebody else repacked them three more years later. So it was fun. Well, that's interesting. So I was going to say, not wanting to throw your parents under the bus or anything, but are there any things that you felt like, well, you said you didn't really have any really big struggles as a military kid when you got to a new school, it was really hard, maybe a little bit bumpy, but you figure it out. Are there any things that you like looking, especially looking back on it now that your parents did that really, well, you just said one, that your mom really shielded you a little bit from the, cause moving is a lot. And I, I mean, you've now you've moved yourself multiple times, right? So you know what it entails. So looking back on it now, you're like, holy cow, that was this evolution that made it look. So that's a huge kudos and props to your mom and your dad for leading from the front in that way. But is there anything that, that they did specifically that you felt really helped you navigate through? I can't 
think of necessarily things that stood out specifically. I just remember. And so my fiance and I always have these conversations of, well, how are we going to do kids? How are we going to raise them? Mm-hmm. And typically then his question is, well, what did your parents do? Right. Um, he had a more untraditional upbringing and probably maybe a little more complaints about his childhood than I did. So he's always like, well, you know, what happened in your life? And I remember just some consistencies. We always, every single night when everyone was home, of course, sat down for dinner at a table and had dinner and, you know, watched Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune and had talking points about the day. Every single evening we had that. And so that was one of the big consistencies. And then we we just did everything together. Mm -hmm. I think that's also what made the move so much easier. He now likes to joke that there's a codependent Snigowski cult because the four (laughs) of us can't like be without each other. And I think that's because it was just us. It was just the four of us pretty much until I went to college. It was always the four of us. And just the consistency was there. We got very close, clearly, and tight-knit, so much so that now I live three miles away from my parents, and they will never get rid of me. Um, (laughs) And when we talk about moving, they're like, where are you going? So we can come, too. (laughs) So we're all just kind of a cohort now. But just, just the close bond of how consistent it was, I think, was really helpful. It also helped with the moves, because I, I only remember crying once for a move okay and it was leaving Colorado okay because and not because of the people or a new school or anything it's because we just loved Colorado so much we were going to miss the hiking and the skiing and the mountains and all of that the fishing camping and to go to muggy Florida and we were not happy about it and so that was really the only time I remember a a move being upsetting because no matter where we went it was the four of us and you know it was very Bonding, almost like trauma bonding, but yeah. <laughs> but you're well adjusted. So it's not, is that really true? Yeah, right. <laughs> now, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. So if you could go back and think about, cause I don't, I don't know how old you were, but when your dad was deploying, would you say that was the second time you were in Florida where he was attached to a ship and he was gone all the time? Uh, that was Norfolk. He was gone. Oh. Most. Yeah. Um, what do you remember? I remember those. Okay. What do you, I was going to say, what do you remember of his deployments and what, because that's another big thing too, is kids have a really hard time with deployments and with their parents being gone alive. I was just curious if you had things that worked for you that helped you or. I feel like Matthew and I were freakishly easy because yeah. I don't particularly remember it being that upsetting as well. Okay. Uh, I do. I mean, I remember missing him. I remember getting random phone calls. You'd be like, I'm in Turkey. And we're like, cool. Um, <laughs> and we would have paper chains to count down the days until he came home. We'd send emails, a weird memory is when we went to, after he got back and we'd go back onto the boat to get his stuff and everything because the pilots fly in first and then you right. can go meet them and everything. Yeah. Um, he had in his room, the colored in picture of a dinosaur that Matthew had mailed him okay. like up on his mirror. And Matthew was like, you hung it up. He's like, of course I hung it up. Don't know why that's stuck in my memory, but yeah. I think, just the constant communication almost it's probably even better now um, than it was then yeah Uh, I don't think we ever got video calling wasn't popular then at all if anything it was probably a grainy like potato image if you even tried right but we got we got phone calls we wrote letters 
we counted down the days we he brought back fun things all the time too so that was nice he would yeah. bring back things for pillows from turkey and costumes for dress up in things yeah. like that so looking back on it you don't really remember it being a hard time or i mean I, I guess probably in it you're you know you're missing them and things like that but from you know being an adult and looking back on it now as a kid it doesn't stand out to you as a traumatic time no, definitely not a traumatic time. I mean, I remember missing him that he was yeah. gone. I think yeah. though, and it probably was a self-preservation for my mother as well. She kept us so busy yeah. while he was gone. And then also because you get all the other detachment wives and mm -hmm. the other kids that are our age, it basically was every Saturday night, you're at a different person's house. Mm -hmm. All the kids are playing together. The moms mm -hmm. are hanging out, drinking wine. Pizza's mm -hmm. been ordered and the movie's on or something. It yeah. was just kind of a rotational routine where you were still spending time in these like group family settings per se just without the dads and so i think just keeping us busy we were also in sports all the time year-round tennis so we didn't have time yeah. really to be sad yeah i love that i love that because um that's one of the things that when people are like oh my gosh my spouse is getting ready to leave on their first deployment. I don't know what I'm going to do, but like the number one piece of advice is keep yourself busy. If you've got stuff on the calendar and things like you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, we're halfway through or they're we're getting ready for homecoming, you know? And it's that. Yeah. So keeping busy, I think that's, that's huge. That's a huge one for sure. Do you have any advice for military parents? No, nothing. I feel like y'all are already doing it right. I mean, so many military kids turn out excellent. Yeah. Um, and if they don't, it's probably not to the fault of being a military brat. It, it really molds you to be somebody kind of that the military would want. That's why so many military kids end up going into military. I think there's a ridiculous statistic about it. I read somewhere that at least one military child in a family is like 70% likely to go join the military. Don't quote me on that. I can't remember. Oh, that. I'm I'm um, but I remember looking it up when I was first looking at the Navy. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, that makes sense that we all are interested because it was our entire life. It made it, I mean, so just enjoy it. Do the fun things. We did so many national parks in when we lived out in Colorado. We did that whole Midwest circuit, taking advantage of the duty stations because often we never got to move back to Colorado. So we really took advantage of those two and a half years that we were there mm -hmm. um, and did every weekend was filled with some sort of activity, camping, skiing. We were ski season pass members and then during the summer it was just traveling with national parks and seeing all these things that so many of my friends now adult friends now never got to do so i would say really just lean into the experience of it all because at some point it does end the kids grow up they go move on and then they get to talk about all the great things that they did growing up i think that is one of the biggest things that helps us when we're transitioning to a new duty station is it's let's look forward to where we're going what are the things that we can do there? How can we play tourists? Let's make a bucket list for the next duty station and, and figure out, you know, all the check off all those things. Cause you're right. There's so many things that, and then, and little things that when you're someplace for a long time, you can go in that off season when it's not super crowded and you don't, you know, and all those little stuff. Is there anything that your parents did that really helped? I think maybe they could have been a little more vulnerable for how Part it was as we got older as kids you know you want to just power through because kids are so receptive like you cry they cry kind of scenario mm -hmm. but as we got older i don't think i ever really realized 
how much it affected my family and how hard it was for my parents until I was an adult and bringing these stories up. And they're like, that was so hard. I'm like, was it? (laughs) (laughs) It didn't seem like that to me. It didn't really seem like it. When my father, he had to move before us, I remember, and there was a month left in Colorado. And my mom's like, I'm not pulling them out of school. So Mm -hmm. we had temporary on-base housing. And for Matthew and I, it was like a month-long sleepover, you know? It was, there was a playground outside of our little town home. Like, really, it was not even a town home. It looked like a hotel room. And it was fun because it wasn't our furniture, and we were on base, and there were these fun little restaurants in the area, and it was different. And so it was fun for us. Right. And my mother probably was losing her mind now that I look back on it, <laughs> that she was in a two-bedroom apartment with... Yep two kids by herself on base. So can't even bring your friends over anymore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I'm thinking about that. And I, the anxiety level yeah. <laughs> like climbs very quickly. Oh my God. Well, there's a lot of Mac and cheese. What was eaten during that month? I think my mom was just like, just eat something. <laughs> We're just trying to get through to the end of May. I was going to say those seasons. Yeah, exactly. Those seasons where you're like, you just, you're just doing the best you can. This, it is what it is. Here we go. I felt like we were in that season as we were packing out of Colorado. It's like, okay, trying to keep it as chill for the kids as possible, but like it could be, and that's a, that's a very fine, like teeter tottery line to walk as a parent is like, how can you, you know, let them know and you need to show them how you handle things, right? But at the same time, you don't want them to, you don't want to overwhelm them and stress them out <laughs> anymore because you don't need that. <laughs> like you already have Not enough. everyone needs to be stressed out. Might yeah. as well contain it to one person. Okay, Megan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you chatting with us. And I don't know how anybody else feels, but I feel a little bit better. You know, the kids have gone through so much and I feel like, oh my gosh, what is this going to do? But I, you know, like just like I was telling you, I talked to, I did Savannah's interview this morning. And she doesn't remember half of the stuff that in the moment, I mean, there were days where when we first got here and she's just in tears, I'm scared. What am I going to do? Am I going to make friends? And, and now that she's halfway through the school, she doesn't remember any of that. She's like, yeah. it's great. And you know, I had this friend and she was showing me around and where everything is. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, well, that's, okay. We just all forgot about that one time. Yeah. I mean, so who knows? Maybe I did have some traumatic moments that I just yeah. really don't remember. Right. Um, apparently I completely blocked out that my mother had altitude sickness for a week. The first time that we moved to Colorado, no recollection of that. I just oh. remember we stayed in a hotel for a week and then our dog was there and we got to hike around. Yeah. Well, I remember, but all she right. was horribly ill for several days. Oh no. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah that's, that's why I really wanted to talk to you because I feel like it is refreshing to have the perspective from the outside from a military kid that went through the whole thing. And this is what it was for me. And it was a great experience and formed you into an incredible adult and keep pushing forward. Megan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love and appreciate if you would leave a rating and a review. If you know of someone that you think would be helped by this podcast, I would love for you to share it in your community so we can get as many male spouses in here as possible. I would love to hear any ideas or guests or topics that you would like to have on the show. Please feel free to email me at themillspousepodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for more connection, join us in our Facebook group, which is The Mill Spouse Podcast on Facebook.